I think the vote is the thing that you count, right? The vote. Well, that's what he used to think anyway. No longer applies, apparently. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. I got the feeling that something ain't right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. No, I'm not scared. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the Bradcast, as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA. Up in Oregon on 91.7 FM KYAQ on the Central Coast and 106.7 FM KSO in Cottage Grove. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and we'll be talking about you today on 93 FM WLRI. In Hawaii on 88.5 FM KAKU, the voice of Maui. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN 94.1 FM. In Palinville, New York on 102.9 FM WLPP. And in Minneapolis, St. Paul on AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. We're also streaming coast to coast and around the globe on the Progressive Voices channel. On Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR Revolution 99, Detour Talk, Radio Monterey, and Radio Sputnik, blanketing planet Earth. Five days a week, I'm Brad Friedman. Your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all-around swell fellow, says me, if very few others, from bradblog.com. Thank you for joining us today as the action-packed adventure continues once again on the Bradcast. We will be heading out to Pennsylvania, as I mentioned uh, shortly, uh, to discuss what is going on there with the uh, with the recount or with the attempted recount in the Keystone State uh, that it was uh, being filed by Jill Stein, actually being filed by voters in a number of different ways, which we'll uh, which we'll try to explain. It's quite confusing, confusing. It's quite arcane. And frankly, it's quite insane and obscene and insulting to voters. And for those of you who have been listening to the broadcast uh, for a long time or reading Bradblog.com for a long time or even a short time, you know that I have had some complaints about the state of Pennsylvania and the 100% unverifiable touchscreen systems that they use there. And um, if you've ever wondered why, if you ever thought I over-exaggerated uh, the concerns about Pennsylvania, the concerns that I've been you know, pointing to in the lead-up to the election, in particular saying that, hey, this could all come down to Pennsylvania, where we can't even verify anything where no voters can verify any of the uh, of the results. If you think I've been exaggerating that, well, buckle up, stay tuned. Uh, we're going to go to Pennsylvania and uh, speak with uh, someone who is working on or trying to work on that uh, that recount in Pennsylvania that Jill Stein uh, is calling for in that state, in Pennsylvania, as well as Michigan soon and Wisconsin already. So let me start with Wisconsin and some updates we now have in the in the otherwise great state of Wisconsin. Uh, the, uh, the Wisconsin Election Commission has now given a, a recount cost estimate to the Jill Stein campaign. 
Now, I reported yesterday on this program and also last week that the estimate originally was believed to be by the Stein campaign and by others who were looking at this since Election Day, looking at Wisconsin, uh, that the filing fees would be about a million dollars in the state of Wisconsin, about another million dollars for attorney's fees and so forth. Well, now the Wisconsin Election Commission has given a recount cost estimate to the Jill Stein campaign. Uh, and to the independent candidate Rocky De La Fuente, who has also filed for a hand count in the uh, state of Wisconsin, that recount estimate is now $3.5 million. As the uh, State Election Commission says, for the recount to go forward, one or both of the candidates will now have to pay $3,499,689 to the commission by 4.30 p.m. on Tuesday, according to the uh, commissioner, uh, commission administrator Michael Haas. He says county clerks have done their best to estimate the actual costs of conducting a large recount in a relatively short time. The estimates may vary widely from county to county, as some clerks may not have been able to precisely identify their estimated costs in the short time available to them. If the estimate turns out to be too high, the campaign will receive a refund. If the estimate is too low, they will have to pay the additional cost. So it might be more than $3.5 million to find out who actually won in the state of Wisconsin. The commission goes on to say Wisconsin's 72 county clerks expect to hire thousands of temporary workers to assist the county boards of canvassers in recounting the ballots. They also expect to be working hours and weekends to finish the recount by 8 p.m. Monday, December 12. The deadline established by the commission uh, today, this was yesterday, uh, the commission will certify the results by 3 p.m. on Tuesday, December 13th. That's in time for the federally mandated uh, December 13th date that all of this has to be done. Uh, and as I noted uh, yesterday, the last time there was a statewide recount, there's never been a statewide presidential recount in the state of Wisconsin. Uh, but the last time there was a statewide recount of anything was the contested 2011 Supreme Court race, which we followed in great detail, covered in great detail at bradblog.com when um, the ballots were showing up that they had been stored in plastic bags that were ripped wide open uh, in many cases. Uh, we have the photographs of those. The election commission at the time never reviewed the hundreds and hundreds of pages of contests and complaints that were filed during the actual uh, hand count. It was a hand count at that time that took place across the state. They never reviewed those logs before they went ahead and certified the results after this uh, hand count. And uh, <laughs> that, I was I was going to say that's what we're looking at n now, but for twice as many ballots in half the time. It took a month last time in 2011. Now they've got two weeks to do it and there are twice as many ballots and the Republicans who now run the state have changed the law so it does not even have to be a hand count. It is up to each and every county. They can decide if they're going to hand count it or if they're going to take those paper ballots and just run them through the, the same optical scan systems that they ran them through in the first place. The commission goes on to say that their role in a recount is to order the recount, to provide uh, legal guidance to the counties during the count, and to certify the results. If the candidates disagree with the results of the recount, the law gives them the right to appeal in circuit court within five days, five business days after the 
recount is completed. I call it a count, not a recount, because most of these paper ballots, hand-marked paper ballots, have not even been counted at all in the first place. They've been run through these computer tabulators, which either get it right or wrong, no way to know, unless human beings actually count the ballot. The commission goes on to say the circuit court uh, is where any issues are resolved that may be discovered during the recount but are not resolved to the satisfaction of the candidates. But that is with uh, machine counts in many of these uh, versus hand counts in a number of the largest counties in the state. Three and a half million dollars to even start to even get in the game. There are additional higher costs in uh, estimated by the counties if hand counts are sought in those counties. And Stein has said that she wants hand counts uh, of the paper ballots everywhere in the state. And I believe she has filed uh, she has filed a, a lawsuit to, to get that, to get the hand counts everywhere. Gosh, it's almost like they don't actually want anybody to get a recount. Uh, well, they put such barriers in front of it. Well, these are some just some of the barriers that are that are being faced. That, of course, is uh, Desi Doyen, our producer. Hello, Desi. Hello. Uh, the uh, I have confirmed the broadcast has confirmed with the Stein campaign today that they will, in, in fact, pay this exorbitant fee anyway. This three and a half million dollars in order to move ahead with the uh, with the count. And thank God they had raised enough to do so, that they had raised enough to do so amidst people falsely shouting that they were running a scam by raising this money. Last I checked, it was about six and a half million dollars that she had raised so far. And that was when they thought uh, the counts were going to the cost would be about a million dollars in each of the three states for the filing fees and another million for the attorney's fees. Well, I hope people are going to uh, Jill2016.com because it looks like she's going to need a hell of a lot more money if any kind of oversight is going to be done for this election at all at least by any human beings. But this entire mess, yet again, underscores uh, this huge, huge problem in our electoral system that I have also driven you crazy about for years. We don't count paper ballots. At least we don't do it on election night. Uh, at least not by human beings. And you often hear uh, folks say, well, as long as we've got paper ballots, we can always go back and, and count them by hand if, if we need, if there's any question about the election. But that is simply not true in many of the most important cases, as I have pointed out. I mean, certainly it's important here. We've got a very close, a very close uh, presidential election in Wisconsin, in uh, 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 Michigan, in Pennsylvania. Don't even get me started on that yet. Um, so you've got this very uh, close race. Citizens would like to know if it was recorded accurately. We've got all of these reports, all of these concerns. Oh, it could be the election could have been hacked by outside uh, forces, by insiders. They could be uh, just wrong. The numbers could be wrong. They're wrong all the time, as I've reported. And yet... In order to find out in just one state, it costs three and a half million dollars. That is obscene. And uh, as I have uh, long reported, I went back to a report today from uh, 2014 at Bradblog.com, which in turn refers back to a bunch of uh, uh, previous cases that I referred to. Uh, and in this case, I was talking about California, where we've got paper ballots, where you hear people talk uh, all across the state, much as they do across most of uh, Wisconsin, uh, hand-marked paper ballots. 
But paper ballots are meaningless if you don't bother to count them. The closest election in California history back in 2014, closest statewide election, illustrated the flaw in this thinking that, oh, we can always go back to the paper ballots if there's questions about who really won or lost. Why don't you count them on election night by hand so we can know for sure at the precinct? No, no, we'll just do it later. These op op scans, these optical scanners, they're fine. Well, they're not fine because we find errors all the time and we have questions all the time. Going back again to to, to 2014, the statewide election uh, we reported on bradblog.com for state controller. This was a primary race, by the way. In California. In California. What did I say? No, you didn't. I just want to make sure that it was in California 2014. California 2014. This is a primary uh, between uh, who was this assembly member John Perez and uh, 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 Betty Yee, Democrat Betty Yee, in the primary, and it was an incredibly close race, statewide race for controller, which is let's say it's sort of like a treasurer or something. Uh, you know, it's not governor or lieutenant governor. It's it's you know a down ticket race, but it's a statewide race, and uh, according to the Initial uh, counts by the optical scan systems across the state, Betty Yee had reportedly defeated John Perez by just 481 votes out of well over 4 million ballots cast. That's a margin of approximately one one hundredth of a percent. Uh, so it, actually, no, I, I'm, I'm wrong on one point here. I reported on this in uh, 2014, but this was this statewide primary was actually June 2012. So it's going back to 2012, this particular primary. Um, so it was a 481 vote margin, 481 votes, closest in state history out of four million ballots cast in this controller election. But in California, there is no automatic state sponsored uh, recount, even in these very, very close races. And as I was writing in 2014 about this mess, uh, it, I described it as an electoral disaster in the waiting. Uh, because what happened was the cost of the recounts, if you want, you could have a recount in California. Uh, we've got a pretty liberal recount law actually here that's pretty good. It allows any elector to uh, hand ca- any voter, any voter can file for a hand count in any precinct they want as long as they're willing to pay for it. But to change the results of a statewide election, you have to count the entire state. And what uh, uh, Perez was told at the time was that it would cost uh, an estimated about five million dollars in order to cost the to to count the state. Now, who has five million dollars, particularly in a state controller's race, particularly after the election itself, after they've spent all the money on the campaign? So it was going to cost millions of dollars to 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 count this race. And it was incredibly close. Just 481 votes out of four million cast that could easily change. And yet uh, the the, uh, counties in California, much as is the case in Wisconsin, the counties are allowed to decide pretty much arbitrarily how much they think it's going to cost, how much they're going to charge how much they're going to charge the candidates to have this count. It is up to them. And with that arbitrary decision, they can simply stop counts in their tracks. And they do. Out in California, the cost of recounts must be paid by the requester before each day's counting. And the prices are, as I say, left entirely up to the county's registrar of voters out here uh, to determine in Wisconsin 
they give the entire count, uh, the entire cost, the estimated cost for the entire count, and, and the candidate has to pay the entire thing up front. So three and a half million dollars if you'd like to even get started to even begin doing business of citizen oversight of your election results for the president of the United States in one single state. So back here in California in February of 2013, uh, we had reported exclusively on the effort to hand count uh, ballots from the uh, Prop 37. It was a GMO labeling initiative at the time. For uh, The recount was requested by proponents, uh, but it was stopped dead in its tracks by the Fresno County Registrar, who had demanded $18,000 before a single ballot could even be counted. Uh, up there in 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 Fresno County. And she, she had informed it was citizens, uh, proponents of this uh, this measure that would have required uh, genetically modified foods to uh, label the, the food as such that it included uh, GMO ingredients in it. So, you know, it wasn't like it didn't even have the parties behind, you know, one of the big political parties behind it. Uh, this was really a citizen initiative trying to get this done, and they were being told in one county alone that they had to p- come up with $18,000 before they could count even a single ballot to find out if it was tallied accurately in this county. And then they would have to pay after that $18,000. Thereafter, they'd have to pay $4,000 each day thereafter. And that was just one of California's, what do we have, 53, 54 counties out here. And and those costs were, by the way, far higher than the cost of hand counts in other counties for the very same ballot measure that they were trying to oversee. It's arbitrary. And this was not the only case. In 2012, as we reported at the time, the former Riverbank California mayor had had to call off her count after reportedly losing by just 53 votes in Stanislaus County. After the uh, the county was attempting to charge her two thousand dollars per hour for a post-election tally that that amounted to approximately twenty dollars per ballot in this aborted five hour count that she carried out as long ago as 2006, we reported exclusively on the San Diego County Registrar of Voters who was attempting to charge at least one hundred and twenty thousand dollars for the recount of a controversial special election for the U.S. House at the time. That cost would have been in San Diego approximately $1 per ballot. That versus $0.14 cents per ballot that was being charged for another count not long prior in the next county over in Orange County. As we reported uh, at the time, uh, Loyola Law School uh, uh, Professor uh, Jessica Levinson had said the recount rules mean you get as much democracy as you can buy. Only the wealthiest of individuals could have even thought of requesting a recount in so many of these cases. And that's just a few of them that I've reported on at the time. I, I, I mean, I mean, it's it's the, the, the cost to a candidate or a ballot initiative to, to count the entire state. It's about five million dollars. That came from uh, Dr. John Ma. He's a San Francisco physician who had financed California's very first statewide recount uh, for an initiative. This was for Prop 29. It was a tobacco tax measure that reportedly had failed in 2012. And Ma Dr. Ma had told me that uh, the counting L.A. County alone, L.A. Los Angeles County alone would cost one million dollars. 
So, you know, neither candidates nor voters seeking to assure that computer tallies are accurate should have to best guess it and send piles of their own money simply to ensure that actual candidates uh, who were preferred by the voters were the ones announced as the winners by these unverified computers. So folks who love to say that, well, paper ballots, they're important, hand counted or hand marked paper ballots. Those are important because, you know, if it's a close election, we can always go back and check the results to make sure that they were reported accurately. But even here in California, where most of the state votes on paper ballots, if they're never actually counted by any human beings to assure accurate accuracy, if the candidates, if the voters can't afford to find out whether the computers counted accurately, what good are those paper ballots? And the same question arises now in Wisconsin. The same question arises everywhere across the country where I hear time and again, well, they've got paper ballots. We've got nothing to worry about. Really? How about we actually count those paper ballots and let's do it on election night, what I call the gold standard of democracy. Get it right on election night. Hand-counted paper ballots at the precinct with all the parties watching, video cameras rolling, and results posted right then and there at the precinct before ballots are moved anywhere. Democracy's gold standard. Otherwise, we end up in the messes that we end up in, that we are ending up in right now. And if you think all of those paper ballot states are bad, if you think all of those uh, states are throwing, you know, blockades in front of democracy, just wait till you see, till you hear what is going on in the state of Pennsylvania, where it's far worse. That's coming up next. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your Bradcast. Hi, this is Desi Doyen from the Green News Report and the Bradcast. What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. At the Bradcast, we do our best to bring you accurate news and analysis on the issues that actually matter. And we do it all independently, without corporate or political influence. But we can't do it without you, now more than ever. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. Pennsylvania 6, 5,000. Yep. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Uh, all right. In 2011 at bradblog.com, uh, we uh, I issued a, a special report on a forensic analysis that was going on in a county in Pennsylvania of their otherwise 100 percent unverifiable voting system. Now, according to the report from that landmark independent forensic audit in Venango County, Pennsylvania, uh, of their touchscreen voting systems there, the same system, by the way, that is used in dozens of counties across the state and across the country. According to that report, someone used a computer that was not part of the county's election network to remotely access the central election tabulator computer illegally on multiple occasions. 
The Board of Elections, which at the time comprised of uh, was uh, two Republicans and one Democrat in Venango, uh, they had set about commissioning this landmark independent uh, uh, forensic audit of the uh, the county's 100 percent unverifiable ESNS iVotronic touchscreen voting system after sworn testimony from voters about several failed elections uh, going back to 2008 in the county. Now, documents and letters obtained by the Brad blog at the time, back in 2011, revealed that the voting machine company, Omaha-based ES&S, had sent threatening letters, threatening legal letters, to both the county and the two computer scientists who were doing this study. Um, The e-voting firm had warned them that they would likely face a lawsuit if they did not agree to complete confidentiality and if the results of their analysis were released publicly. Well, we released them publicly at bradblog.com, and you can go back to this day and read read these from December of, uh, of 2011. Among the findings at the time, uh, details on uh, unexplained, out-of-sequence activity in the audit log entries in the in the computer tabulation system itself, indications that the system was mounted several times with a USB flash drive device for some reason, and perhaps most troubling, evidence that the system was repeatedly accessed by an unidentified remote computer. A remote computer accessed the election system for lengthy periods of time on multiple occasions, according to the report. Uh, and this was a report that the uh, both the uh, the county itself was against. It was sort of a renegade uh, election commission at the time. And certainly the uh, the company ESNS was against any of this happening against any sort of analysis by these two top notch, top flight computer scientists who were able to uh, to look at the system and issue this report. Now, uh, while reporting on the uh, Venango board's efforts back then to get their analysis underway, I received an unexpected call from one of the folks on the board who was trying to explain why they had sought this forensic audit. And he told me on air at the time that it started with an election in 2008 when the machines were basically showing a large number of undervotes. And then there were candidates for positions in the county that had literally zero votes but there was like 250 or 260 undervotes in those races showing you know that there was the the candidate the, the voters decided to vote for nobody at least according to the reported results and these candidates ended up with zero votes which he told me at the time is not normal that it is very much a red flag and as i note the same type of 100% unverifiable Touchscreen voting systems uh, that Adams was fighting back then to audit in Venango County, Pennsylvania, are the same ones uh, and, and similar ones that are still used by some 50 counties in Pennsylvania, or at least they were at the time back in 2011. And I'm sorry to report, not much has changed since. Move the clock forward then to today, to this week. Former Green Party presidential candidate Jill Stein has now asked a Pennsylvania court to approve a statewide recount, building on her bid to contest the election results in three key states. The petition was filed in the uh, in Commonwealth Court in Pennsylvania. It cites, among other things, research by computer scientists suggesting possible irregularities with electronic voting systems in this state. 
and in Wisconsin and in Michigan. And this suit uh, comes as supporters are seeking separate recounts in precincts across the state, including Philadelphia, Bucks County, Montgomery counties and so forth. The legal challenge, according to the Philadelphia Media Network, is the first of its kind in Pennsylvania for a statewide election. Stein's camp has filed uh, a recount petition uh, last week in Wisconsin. They're expected to do it as well uh, this week in Michigan. Uh, Clinton lost, reportedly lost, Pennsylvania by about 71,000 votes out of, I believe, more than 5 million votes cast. I don't have the numbers right at my uh, fingertips here, but it's about one percentage point. The petition filed in Pennsylvania uh, was actually filed by 100 voters as required by the state's insane, bizarre election law, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, Lawrence Otter is the lawyer who filed the petition. He called it unprecedented. He said that petitioners have grave concerns about the integrity of electronic voting machines used in their districts. And then separately from that lawsuit, Jill Stein is also pushing for recount efforts in selected Pennsylvania precincts, according to uh, the Philadelphia Media Network. This is a process that requires three voters in each precinct to petition their local election boards. Yes, it is that insane. It's also a process that in Pennsylvania is complicated by the fact that some counties have already certified their election results, uh, which means it would be too late, I think, to uh, have voter-initiated recounts in those counties, but other ones are still counting. Trying to make sense of all of this, uh, and it really, it's really, as crazy as it is in Wisconsin, as we talked about uh, in the previous segment, Pennsylvania is even more insane with a terrible voting system that forces voters to use these unverifiable voting systems uh, and election laws that go back to, I think, 1937 and don't make a lot of sense to really anybody. Uh, so let's see if they make sense to Mary Beth Kuznick. She is a longtime election integrity champion and founder of VotePA.us. She has been fighting for at least a decade, I believe now, for verifiable voting and other issues of overseeable participatory democracy in Pennsylvania. She's also a judge of elections in Westmoreland County, and I am uh, pleased to have followed her work out there in uh, in Pennsylvania for many, many years, and uh, even more pleased to have her back on the broadcast. Mary Beth Kuznick, welcome back. Hi, Brad. Good to good to talk to you. Good to talk to you. I wish it was under better circumstances, and I'm hoping you're getting some sleep out there. Uh, but with all of that said, uh, in addition to that insane voting system uh, that I mentioned, uh, where most voters are forced to use these unverifiable systems, we'll talk about that in a moment. But this crazy system for requesting what we will euphemistically call a recount right now, uh, as I understand it, the law is so convoluted on this in, in Pennsylvania. Really, I don't know if anybody understands it. There are two different routes for what we'll call recounts. They're both very complicated. Let's discuss the uh, uh, these two different processes. One is for a statewide count, and it's called an election contest, as I understand it. How is that one, arguably the simpler of the two, how is that one supposed to actually work, Mary Beth? Well, I'm not a lawyer, Brad, but uh, the way I understand it, mm -hmm. 100 voters petition the Commonwealth Court, and they ask for 
the uh, they can test the election. They mm-hmm. can test the results and ask for it to be uh, recounted or recanvassed. So uh, the Commonwealth Court is a state appellate court that mm-hmm. handles matters pertaining to the, if you have a, a, a suit against the state or a, something mm-hmm. governmental, right. it goes to Commonwealth Court. And, and that would be a, uh, a count, a recount, never mind uh, details for the moment of hand count or, or what they'll actually be counting. But that would that would apply to the entire state at once if the Commonwealth Court agrees with these 100 voters uh, that there should be this uh, statewide count. Is, is that correct? As far as we know, yes. Uh, I believe that the actual petition says that it's asking the court to hold it, hold mm-hmm. it in abeyance okay. until the these precinct by precinct recounts go forward first. Hold their, hold their decision in abeyance or hold the statewide certification of results in abeyance, as you understand uh, it? The decision, because some okay. count, as you said, some counties already have certified. Mm-hmm. Uh, what they... Again, I'm not a lawyer, but mm-hmm. the way I understand this, the reason that it was filed yesterday was because it was 20, it had to be filed within 20 days of the election. So they asked to have, they basically put this on the table so mm-hmm. that they retain their right to ask for a contest if these precinct counts don't work out. Okay, well, yeah. let's talk about these uh, precinct <laughs> counts. And it's okay that you're not a lawyer because even the lawyers don't seem to understand. I, I, am I right that the election law is really confusing on this uh, on these uh, recount issues in Pennsylvania? Pennsylvania election law is so convoluted. I mean, citizens should be able to go and get the, the law. We're supposed to follow the law, right? right? So we should be able to go and get it and read it. And when you start reading it, you're right, a lot of it was passed in 1937, and then maybe in 1978 they added a little appendage here, and then they got, you know, like lever machines in 1950, and they added that, and and it's all cobbled together. It's really difficult. Sometimes it refers to things in several different places, and as you said, lawyers have a hard time navigating this. <laughs> right. so imagine the poor citizen. You know? No, indeed. And uh, all right, so let's talk about those poor citizens. These voter-initiated uh, process uh, recount processes. This is precinct by precinct. Uh, explain how that is supposed to work. That's a separate process across the state. Yes. Well, each uh, uh, in a in a precinct, three electors or voters have the right to. Um, file a petition, an affidavit, uh, asking for a recount or re-canvas. Mm-hmm. And that's the procedure that the, that the Stein campaign and the recount felt was the most likely to go forward. Mm-hmm. And that's three, because I had uh, spoke with uh, Jill Stein about this last week, even before she went uh, uh, public with her call for account. And I, when she said three voters, I said, wait, three voters in each, each precinct or in each county? I think she thought at the time it was in each county. But you're saying in order to have a recount, uh, it is a precinct by precinct process. Three voters in each of what more than 9,000 precincts in Pennsylvania, three voters in each one have to agree or file themselves for this count? Yes, it's totally citizen initiated. A candidate really doesn't do this. It's the citizens. Um, and we have actually close to 9,200 precincts in Pennsylvania. Uh, we're not going to get a recount in all of them. I can tell your listeners right now, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's just that's just an insurmountable hurdle to try to get mm-hmm. be over 27,000 
citizens filing affidavits. It's just uh, not able to be done. But we, you know, we're they're working to get some precincts counted. I, I did the math here. There's nine thousand one hundred sixty-three precincts, three voters in each one who actually voted. I think on election day that would come out to twenty-seven thousand four hundred and eighty-nine voters have to file <laughs> affidavits to have a statewide count under this uh, Pennsylvania uh, recount provision. I, I I know the and and all of this has to be done in in just a matter of days, as you say. Now I know that the Stein campaign has reached out to you at vote pa uh for for help in finding all of those needed voters and and i know i don't think you're running the entire effort as far as i know but what do you know so far about how many voters have been found either by you with the vote pa uh or the stein campaign in these precinct by precinct voter initiated uh, counts well brad a lot of groups have come together uh vote pa is a nonpartisan group we have members of six different political parties, and we reached out to all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some Democratic groups that have gotten involved. The Pantsuit Nation gave a lot of volunteers. Of course, the Green Party, I think even you know the Libertarian Party, as mm-hmm. happened in 2004 at that recount in Ohio. Right. Um, and the Constitution Party has a candidate on the ballot as well. So all of these people have been... The, the, the message has sort of been going through the state through mm-hmm. messaging channels, right. Facebook and so forth. And, uh, you know, we've got a lot of wonderful volunteers in, from all different groups. Do, do we know how many uh, counties are now, uh, th- will be counted under this? And then I'll, I want to talk about some of the dates, and I want to talk about how the hell and what the hell they're going to count. But do we know how many counties so far are uh, w- where this strategy is actually working across the state? What kind of numbers we're talking about? I can't give you an exact number of counties because mm-hmm. it's in flux even as we speak. Right. People were filing in, in some areas uh, up until 4 o'clock Eastern, maybe even a little later. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, there's just a mountain of data for a, a very small volunteer group to go through. Mm-hmm. So it's it's tough. But we do have some numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like at least 300, actually, but, but as of right now, we know of 304 precincts that were filed for, which is not a large number out of 90163, right. but it, it's it's significant. It's a, it's a start. And um, uh, the largest county that I have data on is Chester. We have 127 precincts filed for in Chester. Looks like at least one in Lancaster. Um, as of yesterday, mm-hmm. this was Monday, there were 68 precincts filed in Philadelphia. Of course, there's a well over a thousand precincts in Philly, so that's not a large number. But the volunteers are working really hard in Philly. Um, Allegheny County, which is Pittsburgh, has the seven precincts filed for. Again, this seems so insignificant when you look at both of those two counties have over a thousand precincts each. But these are citizens out there getting three people together, going and finding a notary, uh, printing out the document making sure everything's right, and then getting it downtown to the election board. It's an effort. It really is an effort. It, it is an effort, and I want to, by the way, give a shout-out and credit. Well, we'll take some credit. I'm glad to hear that uh, Chester, Pennsylvania, is doing well because we have our affiliate uh, WLRI in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, which I think reaches Lancaster County and Chester County, and we've I've been uh, trying to uh, sound the alarm on this for some time, so uh, hopefully uh, folks in Chester are listening to the broadcast and, and showed up to 
try to help on this. But what are the 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 dates, Mary Beth? I understand that. Uh, some of these places are still some of these counties are still certifying and they can't yet uh, file for these counts in those counties. Yet others uh, finished some time ago, uh, even before uh, Jill Stein decided to uh, seek uh, seek these recounts. Yes. Well, the, the thing about Pennsylvania, we have our largest county is Philadelphia, which has well over a million voters. Mm-hmm. And we have a little, you know, many little tiny counties. Forest County is our smallest. and It has about. 4,000 and some voters. So, you know, there's this great range of size in these counties, and, and some of them finish really quickly. Uh, the day after the, the military and overseas ballot deadline to come in, day mm-hmm. after that, they are, they're ready to certify. In other counties, they're still counting because there's just so many votes. So uh, it's kind of tough for the citizen who is looking at the state as a whole to try to figure out, well, how do, how do we do this? How do we proceed? You have to call each individual. There are 67 counties. You have to call every one of the 67 counties and say, D- have you certified the election yet? Have you finished the official count? After the official count, they're supposed to wait five days before they certify. And that's that little window when, in which you're supposed to do this filing. It's real tricky. So if I if I understand this correctly, if I'm a statewide candidate, let's say I'm Hillary Clinton and uh, let's say I'm in a presidential race and it's really, really close. There's just a few thousand votes uh, separating me from uh, the White House. Uh, I need to wait until all of the, the the counties come in because maybe I won. Therefore, I don't need to file a, a, a challenge. And yet with counties still counting now still certifying now uh if suddenly i find that oh i lost the state i need to file a uh some sort of account across the entire state there's a whole bunch of counties that i can't count in at this point because it's too late because they finished their certification many days earlier and now it's i'm past the deadline do i am i understanding that correctly mary beth that's what it looks like. I mean, I'm not a lawyer, as the old saying goes, <laughs> yes. but the, to to the average citizen reading this, and 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 as as much as we know, yeah, it's 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 tricky. Now, if you if there were were a very very close election within one half of one percent, we do have a so-called close election recount law that would trigger, mm-hmm. and a statewide recount would happen. And we've already had two of those under this law since it was passed. Um, but that's not happening here because it's not within one half of one percent. Because it's about one percent instead of one half of one percent. Yes. Uh, it just, I, 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 frankly, and 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 uh, I, I don't want to offend uh, the people of Pennsylvania, but I would like I would like to offend uh, some of their elected officials and to say. This is insane. This is a horrific, a horrible uh, uh, process. The laws that they have for doing this, for allowing you know citizens and candidates to try to oversee their own elections, I would say it's obscene. And speaking of obscene, now the big question, Mary Beth, um, if these counts, wherever these counts move forward. How will they possibly count anything at all when, as you and and Vote PA have been trying to point out for so many years now, in many of those these locations, there's actually nothing to count at all because of these 100 percent unverifiable touchscreen voting machines that I have been warning about for so long. And you have as well. What will they actually count even if they're allowed to have a so-called recount in these precincts? Well, in the. 
direct recording electronic or DRE voting machine mm-hmm. co- counties. We have no paper uh, other than the absentee and provisional ballots, and there really isn't a whole lot to count. What they can do and what they do do in these uh, in the two statewide recounts that were triggered under that uh, law mm-hmm. I mentioned, they'll print out the election night tape on election night and save that, and that'll appear. They'll unroll that tape, and then they will bring out some sort of a printout from the central tabulator, the election management system, um, and sometimes they will bring out these so-called ballot images, which really aren't an image of a ballot. It's just numbers. Right. Usually they just bring out results. They look at the precinct tape. They look at the precinct printout. They go, hmm, that looks the same to me, and that's a good Everything's good. That's the recount. And the thing is, of course it's going to be good. It's it's the same software that counted the tape on the counted on election night and printed out that tape is the is what's counting and printing out this result paper that they compare. It's 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 nuts. It's just crazy. It's and we have had official after official after official say, "Oh, that is an effective audit." So they're just printing out, in other words, last week if I printed out a Word document and uh, then this week went back and printed out the same Word document and compared the two and said, oh, yes, they're the same, all is well, that's essentially what they do in a recount, in a quote-unquote recount in the state of Pennsylvania, correct? Yep, you you got it. And it's not, when you talk about these rolls of paper, we're not even talking, you know, a lot of uh, the places where they force people to use these unverifiable touchscreen systems, They there's a little piece of paper for each and every vote that supposedly a voter could verify or something. We're not even talking about that. Pennsylvania doesn't even have that. You're talking about the tapes at the end of the night, they print out the results from that particular machine, not voter by voter, but just some numbers that get printed out from, from that machine at the precinct? Yes, that's a precinct results tape. The one thing that Pennsylvania does that's good, they post those results on the door of every precinct. So, so a citizen who's concerned can go around and check those tapes on election night, and then they can check and see if anything changed and try to figure out why. But there's no individual paper, there's no voter-verified audit trail, which it really is meaningless anyway, because mm-hmm. the trail could say one thing and the, mm-hmm. the computer inside the machine could be counting totally differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we don't even have that. We have totally paperless, other than that tape that goes on the door. Is there, you know, and, and, and people wonder why I drive everybody crazy with this. And then, you know, I have you from Pennsylvania, Mary Beth Kuznick, you know, from Vote PA, explaining exactly what I've been talking about and warning about. Is there any evidence uh, that you're familiar with uh, that the uh, Stein campaign or someone out there, anyone out there, can somehow do some sort of a forensic analysis of the voting machines, of the central tabulators? I had mentioned Venango County uh, and the concerns that were found back in 2011 on those systems once a couple of scientists were actually allowed. I don't even think they were allowed. They did it anyway. But once they were able to go and look at the central tabulator and found that the system had been accessed remotely, et cetera, is there any evidence that that is going on now in Pennsylvania vis-a-vis the Stein uh, uh, recount or, or anything else that you know of, Mary Beth? 
Well, I think, Brad, I think our best shot at getting something like that would be through the statewide recount, through the court. Mm -hmm. A court is much more likely to order this, I think, than a, uh, the election boards. The election board, as you mentioned, that election board in Venango County, they were a group of heroes because they had this problem with two Republicans and one Democrat. They had a problem. They, they were aware these voters were had had issues that mm-hmm. occurred and they took a stance they said they brought these guys in and and they said let's see what's going on in these machines and uh, uh some of the other county officials really pushed back of course the vendor pushed back mm-hmm. it was it was a tough fight and uh i think uh, if we find anomalies in these counts it would be a little easier but there may be anomalies that we can't even see. If the if the software is somehow corrupted, it's very old. These machines are all at least 11 years old. So what if the software is just corrupted? Maybe it's not fraud. Maybe they're just wearing out. And we might not be able to see that. So will mm-hmm. we get to examine the source code? I don't know. And and uh, also just programming errors. We have you know reported on many of those over the years where the systems are just programmed incorrectly and uh, you know by you know nothing nefarious but votes for one candidate go to another etc and you would not know that unless you do a forensic study of these systems there is no evidence otherwise uh mary beth kuznick uh, speaking of heroes uh you're right they were uh, heroes in venango county back in 2011 uh, you were there at the time you were there many years earlier both you and vote pa Dot us i i you know i want to thank you because uh, i've known you now for at least a decade going back to the ohio 2004 mess uh but your work and the work that vote pa has been doing uh is a great service to this country and i hope people within uh the sound of my voice understand that and go support places like vote pa.us specifically because uh, i know you do this on your own on your own dime trying to fight for American democracy. You've been doing it for uh, over a decade now, and I can't thank you enough uh, for it. Uh, and I can't thank you enough for, for joining us today, Mary Beth. And uh, I suspect we will continue to talk in the days ahead about well, thank, the, all of this. Thank you, Brad. And thanks for all you do to shine the light on what's going on with these voting systems and our whole democracy. As you as you always say, it's not about right and left, it's right and wrong. It is indeed. Uh, Mary Beth Kuznick, co-founder of VotePA.us. You can also find them on, uh, on the Facebooks at VotePA. Uh, thank you, Mary Beth. Uh, please support VotePA and, and the work they're doing. Mary Beth, great talking to you, and uh, we'll be doing it again soon. Good luck. Keep up the good fight. Thank you. Thank you. A quick break, and we're back with more Bradcast right after this. Maddening. I am Brad Friedman. Don't go away. Hey, this is Brad. Remember me, the guy who was warning you about Donald Trump from the day he entered the race, when the rest of the U.S. media were telling you his candidacy was a joke, that he'd never win, and that Hillary Clinton had it in the bag. We told you otherwise from the beginning and up until Election Day. 
Well, we may have been right, but we still don't have corporate or foundational support. We still rely on you to stay on your public airwaves. Please stop by bradblog.com slash donate to support the work that Desi Doyen and I do every day. This country ain't going to save itself, but we can all do it together. That's bradblog.com slash donate. And thank you. back. This is your Bradcast. Welcome to it. I'm Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Got just a few minutes here. Uh, you know, and a couple of points I want to hit. I, I, yes, we are going to be hitting this uh, election and the attempt at citizen oversight hard because someone needs to. Someone needs to because, you know, Donald Trump is out there coming up with all sorts of stuff and nonsense uh, yesterday. What is it? Three million voters, three million fraudulent votes Illegal. were cast. Who knows what whatever he's nonsense. To. And of course, the media goes and, and follows that. What do you mean three million? Well, where's your evidence for that? Da, da, da. And now today, oh, we ought to be allowed to burn. You know, we ought to throw people in jail for burning flags or whatever nonsense. Uh, in the meantime, we're trying to see who actually won or lost because, yes, it matters. So I know there's a lot of other stuff going on out there. Uh, you know, just last week alone, I had meant to mention, you know, the Trump Foundation has now admitted that it illegally uh, was self-dealing uh, with this uh, with their charity. They settled a twenty five million dollar fraud suit. They were fined one point three million dollars by the uh, Federal Election Commission. And you don't even hear about that stuff. That stuff just flies by. So that's the dude that uh, is being put into the White House. Uh, and then, uh, <laughs> point being, there's so much to cover, but this is important. This matters. And we are trying to cover this because no one else does. And also, as we have for many years, we've been trying to cover climate change because no one else does. And these two things intersect. Donald Trump, who thinks climate change is a hoax, uh, is about to get into the uh, White House based on an election system that the citizens can't oversee that we don't actually know if it's accurate or not. And yes, and and all the while talking about how, well, climate change isn't a threat. The greatest threat is ISIS or some such. And yet people are dying every day from climate change, including here in this country. Uh, we have these raging wildfires right now uh, down in the south uh, in Tennessee, the Smoky Mountains National Park area. There's been thousands of people who have been evacuated. Hundreds uh, of structures have now been burned to the ground. Uh, Des, uh, I know you've been following this. We've now got some deaths in this as well. Uh, yes, unfortunately, the uh, the governor of Tennessee says has confirmed that three people have died, uh, confirmed so far. 14,000 people have been evacuated. Uh, two tourist towns right outside of Great Smoky Mountains National Park have been what's said to be engulfed, that it's apocalyptic there. Um, and what this comes from is from uh, drought, extreme drought that has hit much of the southeastern states right now. Drought driven and, and high winds have driven the, uh, the, the firestorm here. And uh, sadly to say that it uh, looks like Dollywood, Dolly Parton's little theme park that's yeah. been around for decades, is also threatened, threatened. and might not survive <laughs> this fire. 
storm that they have going on right now. Right. Uh, well, correct. And, uh, you know, there, there may be more deaths. There may be more millions of dollars of destruction from this. And, you know, and yet it, it means absolutely nothing to Donald Trump. Uh, he's worried that ISIS is, is coming to get us all. Well, yeah. And, and I think if, another thing that yeah. jumps out at me for this is that most people during the primaries, especially if they were Bernie voters, were shocked and dismayed to discover, oh, look, the primary system doesn't work the way I thought it was. In fact, they didn't know how the election system worked for the primaries. And now that we're in the general, which is run a bit different way, they still don't really understand exactly how recounts work, exactly how their election systems work. So it's important to inform people and say, hey, if you care about the rules for your election system, it's a good time now to pay attention. Uh, well, actually, it would have been a good time long ago to pay attention, yes. which is why I've been trying to get everyone's the attention. The best time to, to pay issue. attention was last year, but now is the next yeah, best time. Yeah, it's years ago. You don't wait until an election uh, to change the processes to, you know, and, until the results come in that you don't like to do something about it. That's why I drive people crazy about it all year round. And uh, you know, because of issues like climate change, which could be set back for generations by a Donald Trump presidency, this stuff matters. Elections matter. What you don't know about yeah. your election system can hurt you. Can kill you. Can kill us all. Uh, so, uh, yeah, <laughs> democracy matters and we are going to continue to cover it as we can, as we can find it, as we can, you know, oversee it. Uh, we'll we'll keep fighting to do that. Uh, I you know, I do think I do want to thank I know I got to get out. I do want to thank all of those who have supported uh, groups, election integrity groups like uh, Mary Beth uh, Kuznick's vote P.A. U.S., uh, you know, a lot of these folks, all of these folks, election integrity is not a real sexy topic. And, you know, it might be easy for somebody like Jill Stein to come in and raise a whole bunch of money in a very short order when people perceive that somehow it could save the world from a Donald Trump. But in general, uh, you know, folks fighting for overseeable democracy uh, toil, as Mary Beth does in uh you know, w without money uh, being tossed at her. So uh, thanks for whatever help you can do there. And thanks for those of you, by the way, who have helped us continue our work uh, by stopping at bradblog.com slash donate uh, so that we can keep up this fight as well. Bradblog.com slash donate. Thank you. Okay, my thanks to our producer, uh, Desi Doyen, to Mary Beth Kuznick, of course, of Vote PA. And to you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's program, you can download it for free anytime at bradblog.com or at iTunes. And I also ask you and thank you in advance for sharing it any way you can. We can't do this alone. We need you to help us. Uh, at the very least, get the word out. Share these uh, reports. Share these uh, stories, these blog items, these uh, radio broadcasts. They're always linkable at bradblog.com. And you can find and follow me and uh, share <laughs> my tweets and everything else as well at Facebook and the Twitters where I am the Brad Blog. All right, drop me email if you like. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. We will be back with you tomorrow. Same Brad time, same Brad channel. Until then, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. Good luck, world.